second the new year and uh, just want to uh, to call to mind to dedicate uh, some of our good wishes to obviously uh, all the family and the people that have been affected by the pandemic worldwide so many people have, uh, lost their loved ones become very sick lost their jobs their livelihood because of this and uh, yeah, so we want to uh, to bring to mind to share some of the good uh, energy that we're developing here tonight towards them. You know, so it's kind of um, a good way to bring up. Like I said it's you know it's all about the training of the mind, about bringing wholesome states. And one of the things I want to talk tonight is the um, the Brahma Vihara, the divine abidings. The four mental states that we bring up to uh, to see the world or to relate to other beings, and they're called the Brahma Vihara. Brahma is God, obviously, the Almighty God. Some would call it. It's a pretty important guide up there. And this is if you're a Brahma, this is uh, what you abide in, and the four states of kind of very wholesome states. First is metta. You know, it's loving kindness, friendliness. Second is karuna, compassion. This wish to uh, to alleviate the suffering of others. And third is mudita. This uh, translates as gladness, appreciative joy. This emotion that celebrates the success of others, as opposed to its opposite, which is jealousy. Feeling, oh, I should be the one getting all the successes. But instead, we celebrate the success of others. And the fourth one is uh, equanimity. If you translate as that, yeah. It's um, upeka. That's what equanimity, equipoise, ability to maintain steadiness. 
when we relate to the world. So the first is, yeah, you know, it's, um, it's friendliness, which is often talked about a lot. Ability to emotional well-wishing to ourselves and others. This ability to also, you know, this friendliness to ourselves and friendliness to others. It doesn't mean we, you know, it's, and it's kind of different from this kind of sugar-coated, uh, hippy-chippy thing of we all love each other, but underneath we don't really like everybody kind of thing. But uh, it's really more of the recognitions. Yeah, we have our differences. And we have a bad and a good days, And we can have arguments with each other. But you can still appreciate that heart. We all want to be happy. And we want to be respected. And knowing that, what does us, you know, give them what we want. We offer that to others. This friendliness. That's, you know, to be... We don't have to agree with each other, but we can still be nice. We can still wish each other well. Like this mask is not doing well. <laughs> wish this mask is doing better. <laughs> <laughs> but this is reality of 2021. <laughs> yeah. So working with this. And um, so we get, you know, we do get talked about, you know, metta. And it's something to strive for. And it is, when anything is going to people, these four states, uh, um, the states and emotional uh, tone that we want to bring up. But like anything in the mind, I'd like to give an example, it's like the muscles in the body. Something you have to train, something you have to work at. It doesn't appear naturally unless you are done a lot of work already, unless you are an Ajahn or Ajahn Mahabhu or something, and these states come up. But for the, you know, the average unenlightened beings on the path, it's something you work towards. And it's something that can be developed. That's a good thing. That, you know, find ways to connect with the friendliness. Uh, sometimes people say, oh, this kind of metta, that, you know, sugar-coated, kind of, feel a bit fake. And, you know, and to a certain extent, yeah, it's not, we're not saying that the world is perfect. Not saying that you love everybody, but you should find ways to respect, to accept other people, to learn to forgive, to get along with them, to offer them, you know, what you would like, with the friendliness, with the goodwill. Yeah, and that's something that each and every one of us is capable of doing. Yeah. So find ways to, you know, to honor the purity of people's intention. You may not agree with everybody but you can still respect them, you can still be friendly to them. Yeah. So this ability of metta is an important aspect to allow us to live in this world, to live with each other, to live with ourselves, really. Because I always remind people over and over again, it's the same mind. You can't be fault-finding, angry with others, and not find eventually that angry mind, the fault-finding mind, turns inward. And that's called depression. So knowing that we, we cultivate this muscles of the mind that is friendly, that has goodwill, has acceptance and forgiveness to ourselves and others. And, 
And the next is um, your compassion. Compassion is this wish, this uh, desire to alleviate the suffering of others where we can. And uh, they said um, the near enemy of karuna and compassion sometimes is pity. Oh, you poor thing, I'm so superior, that's so why I'm going to help you. So we have to be careful that it doesn't, you know, our compassion is something that we empathize with others. We know what it's like to suffer, so we try to, um, through our empathy, alleviate what we can other people's suffering. And obviously, you know, during this challenging time, during challenging years, there is, you know, many people who are suffering, who, uh, you know, became sick, obviously lost their loved ones, or lost their livelihood because of the pandemic. So it's good to bring up the sense of, you know, where we can. We try to help people around us, do charity work when it's appropriate. But also, to be careful, because so, some people say there's so much suffering in the world, and they say, oh, I guess I'm depressed because there's so much suffering. And that's not also a wise way to reflect on the situation. Remember, these are wholesome states of mind. And so they should increase our sense of well-being, increase the brightness in the mind. And reflect and we get depressed and we feel like, okay, well, yeah, how am I getting this wrong? It should be something that increases your sense of well-being through accepting the world around us. That yes, as much as we like to alleviate people's suffering, there is suffering in the world. And a lot of it is beyond our control. We can't help everybody. There is lots of injustice, there's war. But hopefully, with clarity, with wisdom, we learn to look around and help the people around us where we can. When we can make a difference, we act. Until then, we keep our mind bright, hopeful. So that is the, you know, this practice of uh, compassion. A lot of times it's compassion in action. So when we can, we attack actions. But a lot of times we can, but we still the mind, we're ready. You know, when there's something to do, we do it at the time. Other times, sometimes it's just you're by yourself. So spread the compassion to yourself. Sometimes it's just to learn to be still, to still the mind. Sometimes the most compassionate thing to do is just to sit and watch your breath and clear the mind. Because sometimes, you know, in our confusion, distraction, we think we might be helping others when actually we might be making the problem worse. So sometimes, you know, we need to exercise restraint or wisdom and ask ourselves, you know, what am I, what, what am I to, about to do? Is that going to lessen the suffering of others? Am I seeing the situation clearly? Or am I missing something? So sometimes the, allow each of these kind of practice, each of these mental states we're trying to develop, it does involve a degree of wisdom so to understand that what the situation is like. And sometimes, you know, like I said, with intention, it's important. But a lot of times, wisdom will carry it and will, will hit the target. 
and it reminds me of the story of, uh, you know, I used to work, you know, early in, in, in my career, uh, volunteer for Peace Corps. And with the Peace Corps, you see so much of that, you know, misguided compassion. People come to this third world country saying, oh, we know, what we, we know how to fix you because we're successful. And they build dams and things that people don't need. Sometimes, you know, people, Americans think, oh, what you need is a McDonald's everywhere, a, a computer. That's what Bill Gates says. He says, well, I've got lots of money. Why don't I give a computer to all, everybody, all the students in Africa? And it's only when he finally traveled to Africa that he just realized, like, well, they don't need computers just yet. They probably need, like, you know, medicine for malaria and a bit of drinking water and food. And then maybe after that, they might need his computers. And... Uh, so sometimes, yeah, it's, uh, um, the intention is the beginning, but it's good to, to really understand the situation with clarity, with wisdom, before we act. And, the, uh, and it's just, remember, it's the wish, it is, and it's important not to dismiss that, the intention to alleviate suffering. But hopefully we, that's coupled with wisdom and clarity to really help another. And sometimes we have to understand, I'll get to that later, the limit of our ability. Sometimes we just can't help people just yet. Sometimes they're not in the space to, uh, to help others. Sometimes, you know, we talk to people and people are, you know, um, suffering from chronic depression. Or sometimes they you know, have terminal cancer and they're suffering a lot. And yeah, you can offer help, but sometimes people aren't ready and they, it's something that they have to work through themselves. As friends or as teachers, you can only offer advice, but so much of the work has to be done by each and every one of you out there. And it's through our own wisdom that we solve, our own, you know, we translate our own suffering. Sure, we can take the advice of others, but you know, sometimes um, the conditions aren't there. So moving on to uh, mudita, this emotional tone of celebrating the success of others. Sometimes we live in this social world of comparing, judging others, that we get very easy to get in your world, you know, being jealous of other people's success. I was talking to a relative because of New Year, and unfortunately she's not having a very good time. But a lot of it is, you know, you so much of you know looking at the world in in, in a, in a uh, not so correct way. She's feeling very depressed and lonely, and she says, "Oh, this you know these holidays is difficult for you know a single person, a single mother, or whatever." And everybody's got their partners, and I'm by myself, and I'm so jealous. And why does this happen to me? And you can see sometimes, yeah, it's you know it, well, it's natural to feel that. Oh, why does these good things happen to me? It's also an unhealthy way to look at the world. And it does take just a, sometimes just a turn of perspective. Instead of saying, why does these good things happen to me? Why am I blessed with a body that can sit perfectly still for two hours? Instead of some other ones who come and sit perfectly straight. They look like they're having such a great time. And I'm struggling day in and day out with this body of mine, this bad knee or bad back, this stupid nose that won't breathe properly or whatever. 
issues that we might have. But we can celebrate the success. Yes, it's wonderful that some people have very good genes, that they are very healthy all the time. It's wonderful that you know, people achieving their success. Are, you know, it's wonderful that a lot of people in the world are with their loved ones during the holiday seasons. I may not be with my loved ones, but that's okay. I'm happy for them. I'm happy with that, the fact that people do have a warm house to go to, have friends to support them in this time of challenge, challenging time. Because as I said over and over again, it is through celebrating the success of others that we are also sharing that happiness. When we see something, you know, you have a choice. Do you want to share in that happiness? Or do you want to disconnect yourself by saying, oh, why doesn't this happen to me? Why am I stuck here in this lonely apartment by myself? Well, I can say, no, you know, I'm happy for you. I'm happy that you're receiving all this happiness and well-being. And ultimately, we are all in the same family, the same team. We're all relatives to OA, sickness and death. We're all relative. We're all born into this world alone, and we'll leave alone, really. And we're all, you know, subject to the same thing, body and mind, suffering at times, happier than others. We know, we all have a body, we know what it feels like to have, this, you know, to have the aches of the body. When you're in your 20s, maybe not yet, when you're 30s, but it'll come very soon. Unless you have a great DNA. But even that, there is also the aging process. And there's you know, the five reflections we talked about. There's a separation from what we love, not given what we want. Nobody in this world, no matter how much power, how much great karma they have, that they're not separated from what they love at one time, at some time in their life. Or that they don't get what they want. Even kings and emperors don't let, do not get what they want. So, knowing that, we can empathize with each other. We know we're part of the human family. And that there is, you know, and each and every one of us suffer at one time or another. So when we see suffering, we know it ourselves. You want to do, you know, you want to lessen the suffering. And then when you see the success, you know what it feels like to get what you want. Then you also wish that for others. May you always receive what you want. We all the success that you ever wanted come to you. And sometimes I do use that. It's great kind of a meta meditation to call up the people in front of you, wish your loved ones, say, yeah, maybe you have all the success you want. And then you can go to even people that you don't know so well. Because we know at heart, we're all humans. We all want to, you know, that, you know sometimes it's hard to get what we want, but it's nice when things come together. And you're like, oh, yes. Success, these things I'm building coming together, or this project I'm working on turned out really well. Or I got really high marks in my classes. Or I got this big raise. Or the projects I did came together. It's nice. So we wish that on others. So we celebrate the success of others. We rejoice. So that's why it's translated appreciative joy times. And it also kind of binds us together. 
in our good karma and recognize that we are from the human family. We have feelings, we have body and we have mind that you know, crave, longs for happiness and wants to avoid suffering. And that's just the nature of the human mind. And the fourth one is equanimity. And I think the near enemy of equanimity is indifference. I tell over again. It's, equanimity is not when you get into an argument with somebody and you're like, okay, I'm economist now. I don't want to look at you. <laughs> I'm economist with these people. <laughs> I think that has a tint of negativity behind it. Equanimity is, yes, we just had an argument. You're still my friend, but I'm going to let this cool down a little bit. Let this calm down, and then I will approach when you're ready. So it's like extending your hand, but knowing that they may not take it until they're ready. And that's okay. You still wish them well-being, wish them happiness. But you know that, you know, through whatever cause and condition, through history, that they may not want to accept your advice or accept your friendship at this time. But whenever they're ready, you're cultivating a mind of, peace, cultivating mind of, of helping when they're ready. And sometimes I was talking, like I said, you know, you know, a friend who is suffering, you know, has a lot of suffering, who is suffering massively a depression. And you try to help, you know, try to help her by giving different advices. But sometimes it's not, you know, she doesn't feel like it's working or it's not appropriate. She says, well, I do all this. I do your meditation. I take these drugs. I take this medication, I do knitting, few breathing exercises, nothing's working. I can't get out of bed. And this is, you know, this is where I'm at. And yeah, at times you can say, oh, you can feel and you want to be happy. You have to be happy. But at the end of the day, you know, all you can do is offer your love and support. Offer you know, the time to listen and to be with them there. And, that's, and then, you know, a lot of times it is their own comic thing to work through. And ultimately, it's actually the best thing. Because, you know, but any challenges we have, whether it's a sickness, depression, emotional issues, it is through discovering our own way out of it that we learn from it, that we benefit. So each of us has, you know, our own path to take. And yeah, even as a monk, you know, always my wish is to lessen the suffering of others. But I also know that, yeah, sometimes that's not enough. You know, my wonderful sage advice doesn't always hear people all the time. And that it's just the intention just to offer and to, you know, to see what works and different people work at different times. But to also rest in this, okay, at this time, you know, I'm just going to be with you. I'm going to listen just to be a brother, be a friend, and not to, you know, sometimes people who are suffering, such, you know, it gets annoying. People tell me, well, you should be happy. Well, I'm not happy. <laughs> If you feel more guilty, if you keep saying that, it's like, go stop saying that. 
Yeah, so sometimes with this, and I know that. So I said, I, the first, last thing you want to sell to people who are depressed is stop doing that. Well, well like if you can stop doing that, would stop doing that. But sometimes it is kind of a, a common thing. People do have to work through the issues and find ways to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And all you can do is remind them, you know, different dhammas that, you know, these things are impermanent. That you do, you know, you've gone through these kind of ups and downs. And just, just remember, take, you know, one step at a time, one moment at a time. And not to buy into the story too much the darkness and the negativity. But this is where equanimity comes in, the ability just to not get sucked into the darkness of the other person's suffering, but also to but be ready to help when it's necessary. To have this good intention, good will, but also be ready. But otherwise, just, you know, This ability to, to wait in the moment. Wait with patience, wait with kindness. Ready to take action when the time is appropriate. But also as reflection, our own comic thing that yeah, we can only offer help at times. At other times, everybody are the heir to their own karma. And they will work out different ways, different, their, their own path when they're ready. Because sometimes I do get people coming to say, you know, I think I have too much compassion, Ajahn, when I read these stories in the newspaper, the flooding and the tsunamis, I get so depressed about all this, you know, suffering in the world. And, 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 and so I can't, I can't read newspaper anymore. Uh, because uh, this affects me too much. Yeah, so I try to remind them that compassion, it's, it doesn't have to spill into depression or sadness for you. You can still get the ability to help where you can. But also, you, you know, there's a lot of wisdom involved in this ability to help, that we have to accept the human condition, that these things do happen, and that no powers in the world, no matter how developed we are, they were not going to be able to, to uh, uh, save, you know, predict the tsunamis or even predict the earthquake that comes from time to time. That people will get hurt. Maybe we can predict earthquake, but though different ways, you know, pandemic happens and different ways happen. That there are people who there's always going to be a certain amount of suffering in this human realm. And a lot of time, you know, a lot of suffering can be alleviated. We accept that this in the human realm. There is an amount of suffering. That's what the Buddha is talking about. But we can grow from that. Learn to help what we can. Obviously, when there is a tragedy effect, a natural disaster, help what we can. We certainly help to alleviate the sufferings of the people around us, as well as people we live with, through our speech and kindness and thoughtfulness. So it's always something to do. That's what I mean. So it shouldn't be because through compassion we feel sad. Sadness just depletes your energy. But use our mindfulness of wisdom to find ways where we, little ways we can help ourselves and the people around us. So those kind of 
the four divine abidings that we're trying to cultivate, like I said, the muscles of the mind. And we could cultivate them in different situations. There's loving kindness, compassion, intention to alleviate the suffering, to lessen the sufferings of beings, not just human beings, also or animal beings around us. And there is uh, mudita, appreciative joy, gladness, celebrating the success of others, be happy for their happiness, and equanimity, this wish to help, but also have the wisdom and the restraint. You know, sometimes the timing is not right yet. We still have friendliness, we still have compassion, we want to help when the time is appropriate. Until then, we rest in steadiness, in stability, in brightness, when the time is right. So I offer that for your reflection tonight. <coughs> Sangha 